Hello, Annie Trenders. It is I, James, sounding different once again, because I am in yet another location from the last time that we recorded this podcast. I'm doing this to keep the anime police from finding out where I live. Also, Happy New Year's, all of you. Uh, I'm pretty sure that our previous episode got published after New Year's happened, but we recorded it before New Year's, so this is the first recording of 2022. And I almost said 2021, which shows you how used to I how used to this year I currently am. Uh, but with that out of the way, why don't we introduce everybody? I I introduced myself, right? Yeah, you just introduced yeah. yourself. You Have you James. forgotten? <laughs> I I didn't re- I didn't remember I couldn't remember if I had said my name or not. It's so, New Year, New Me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. New well. Year, New Me, New Host. Host, you just are guest, I guess. Host, guest. You're hosting me, which is the host, which makes you the host host. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. My name is Mark. Um, you can find me on socials at underscore Mark Ryan with two N's at the end. Uh, I've been with Anna Trends for a good amount of while or a good, good amount of time. I've been with them for mostly in-person events, though. That's why you probably don't hear me or see me around. But yeah, that's who I am. Yeah, I look forward to when cons come back in person and we start doing more convention coverage. You'll see you'll see and hear a lot more from Mark. Yeah, that's where I am. All right, and our other two classics, why don't you introduce yourselves? Hi, everyone. This is Gracie hopping back and forth between the podcasts of Girl Taku, the anime training podcast. I'm really excited to continue talking about our awards. And this is Nico. Um, I think this is the first time that I've been referred to as classic, so that that means a lot because we've been working on this for a while, so thank you very much. Yeah. Fun fact, Nick, uh, before we recorded, uh, and actually my current um, current seating position, before we moved the recording over, I was staring at a wonderful picture of Aerith, uh, and <laughs> I have been encouraged to play Final Fantasy fourteen. so I don't know if you can make an account, but I know that you've been playing recently. Uh, Aerith is not in Final Fantasy fourteen. I, I know, I know. Just, oh, you need to... Yeah, I was Which like the also... last one to get. I don't know if I was like officially the last one to make an account on this now <laughs> once they locked the servers, but I felt like I had the insight to make an account right before Square Enix decided, okay, no more new accounts. Too many people are playing this game. Um, so that's all I've been doing, I think. It's just after 10 p.m., that's the only time I can like log in. I just play like a, a lot. Just to not clog the servers. Yeah, I've been I've been encouraged heavily recently to uh, to play. So we'll see if that's a possibility for me. Hi, that's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, we have no chart check because it's a brand new year and we haven't had enough time to do a chart check. So we're going to launch right into today's topic because it's aspect awards. And goodness gracious me, do we have a lot of them? So. Gracie, why don't you can you describe for us real quick what the aspect awards are for those for the uninitiated for the uninitiated goodness? Yeah, sure, no problem. So basically, uh, the aspect awards are a set of awards that sort of examines the more technical aspects of the anime itself. So that includes stuff like visuals and you know animation as two very basic classic ones, but we obviously have more. And essentially, how the nomination process is uh, conducted is that. Uh, the people at Anime Trending are actually the ones who vote and decide on the nominees. But ultimately, it is you, the audience, who are the ones who get to choose who the winner is. And so it's always really exciting because usually our nominees are all very good in our eyes. So it's for us, it's like, who's 
going to win because we're actually okay with any one of them winning because that's why we nominated them. And so please, please, please don't forget to vote for those particular aspects um, because I know it's easy to sort of forget about them when you're voting for like the top anime awards and like the top characters like best boy and best girl. And so uh, to, just to keep that in mind. And I think, uh, James, we are going to go through each of the categories today, correct? We are going to hit as many of them as possible. Yeah. Great. <laughs> All right. So we'll start with the first one on our list, which is Best in Adapted Screenplay, which is kind of exactly what it sounds like. This is an adaptation from one medium to another, so it's usually light novel or manga to anime, but sometimes you'll get something like a video game or video novel or something else. Uh, our nominees are 8686, Attack on Titan Final Season, Fruits Basket, colon, The Final Season, uh, <laughs> Horimiya, uh, Kageki Shoujo, uh, Komi Can't Communicate, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid S, Mushoku Tensei Jobless Reincarnation, Shadow's House, and The Heike Story. So, all very heavy hitters, with varying degrees, I will admit, varying degrees of popularity amongst the general community, from what I have observed. Right. <laughs> but we are not the general community, we are four fantastic podcasters, and we all have our own personal biases, so I'd like to hear everyone's personal favorites who do you want to go first james <laughs> i will i will hmm uh no <laughs> wow outright declined why don't you go first even though i can kind of guess which one it's already gonna be who are you talking to <laughs> i'm talking to you gracie sorry oh i am oh it's me okay um, so my pick for the best and adapted screenplay is 8686. I think I knew it. Uh, let's go. That's my pick. Oh yeah? Yay! Yeah, let's yeah. go. <laughs> okay, great. So we're on the same wavelength then. I know a lot of people are probably surprised, especially if you follow me on Girl Taku, since obviously the Girl Takus have the ladies of the Girl Taku have given a lot of love to Fruits Basket, the final season. But I think 8686 edges out Fruits Basket in the way that they've managed to adapt the screenplay on screen. It's just, it's just honestly terrific. Um, granted, I have to admit that there isn't as much liberty to change the things that, um, in regards to Fruits Basket to, um, in animation, but, uh, the way that 86 have changed the source material to actually be better and more compelling and poignant, it really just blows my mind. And, I will quote this to the end of my days, but like the Sakuga blog people who, which I also highly suggest you guys to look up and follow because they have a lot of great insight on the animation industry as a whole. And as well as, you know, more of a detailed look on a lot of the technical stuff that the aspect awards actually cover in regards to when you vote. But the Sakuga people have said over and over again that the source material is already better than it had a right to be. And then somehow the anime has managed to elevate it 10 steps above. And so if that isn't like a seal of approval of how insanely good they've adapted the screenplay, um, I, I don't really know what else to say. So that's why my uh, that's why my vote is definitely going to 8686 this year. Uh, why? Uh, who else picked 8686? Uh, was it you, Mark? <laughs> That was me, yes. Okay, what about you? Why Why did you pick that one as well? <laughs> it was literally the exact same reasons. However, um, personally, I actually had a conversation with one of my friends um, on Twitter okay. about it. And he was talking, because I actually haven't read the source material. So I'm very 
not caught up, but based on his expertise and what he's told me about it mm-hmm. and how it how it varies and how it's different, uh, I've heard that it's much better on screen. So I have to personally experience it. But based on the conversation and how much he's gushed over it and how much trust I have in him, um, artist material, it's it's definitely good because he's very harsh, I have to say. Okay. I, your friend isn't the only one. There's a lot of light novel enthusiasts who I, I do not know and I cannot say they're friends, but I've just seen their comments have said the exact same thing. That they it's just like they said that this is an, an insane adaptation. And one of them even said that they might think this is the best light novel adaptation they've ever seen. So which is That's a- exactly what he said too. Wow. He said this is probably okay. the craziest adaptation he's ever witnessed happen. And he once again, he's very harsh. He hate he really does not like light novel to anime adaptations. Okay. Just because of how often it's ruined. Wow. Ooh, oh wow. So we've got a lot of light novel enthusiasts putting their stamp of approval. <laughs> I think for me, I also remember that the second core of 8686, uh, which unfortunately had some production issues, as we are all aware with all the delays, but the second core was just as stunning as the first core, and some people even think is better than the first core, and apparently the volume it's based off of is considered the worst volume of the light novel series, but the light novel readers said, like, watching it, you would not be able to guess that this was the worst novel of the first volume of the series itself, even though almost all the light novel novel readers agree that this material they were covering was the worst part in the writing. And so, like, it's just that sort of, it's just these little facts that I think is just insane. So... I see that we are shaking our hands in agreement in this regard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Nick. Well, Nick, it's just you and me. Yeah, well, okay, it's you too. So I, I don't want to, like, put, like, my my chips in one basket. Besides, I mean, 86, I, I think, is probably up there because for one of the main reasons of what I'm looking for in an adapted screenplay is – how much of the information are you pulling from the pages? How much of it are you making it your own? Right. Um, mm-hmm. There is almost like an argument I can make where a light novel sometimes has that advantage because there you have to go to a complete fresh uh, visual um, perspective that you might not necessarily have. Like you might have initial key art to go off of, but a lot of the design within 8686 um, used for the animation, I think, um, shows that there was a lot of thought put into it whereas some some shows that might be based off of manga like have that problem where they end up being like using the manga as like a storyboard in a yes. way where mm-hmm. that 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 might not necessarily be like what you want um but it's kind of like how well does it capture the feeling and does the animation medium like um, enhance it in some ways mm-hmm. um, yeah like Kind of switching gears to some of the other categories, I actually thought Comey Can't Communicate did pretty well as an adaptation. I thought some of the more um, animated sequences, like I, th- I felt like they played out better as an animated sequence when you had the music and everything else, um, instead of it just being the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of like one of the small things I had, I, especially like the first couple episodes where the, the, the really initial episode, I think, with the music track, I thought was... Um, really enhance that um 
I think it's really funny though if I go back to this list. Uh, I like how Heike story is on here, and like I don't know if we're, are we gonna have the debate if like is the Heike story actually like gonna be an adaptation if it's like a incredibly ancient legend at this point. It's actually a novel. It's written down, and it's it's kind of it's a a bit of like less a uh, history lesson, literature lesson here. Um, it is a legend per se, but the novel has been transcribed and written down for generations and generations with very little changes. Think of it like the Hans Christian Andersen fairy tales. Like they are essentially legends of their own now. They're fairy tales, but they are still written down and it's on paper per se. And so, um, and I think the Heike story, I mean, this is why we nominated it because the, the part of what makes the Heike story as an adaptation is so fascinating is how do you translate some a story from probably like one of the oldest stories out there, you know, in regards to how it's written and translated on screen to a medium um, that is still that is especially new compared to the or, the origin of the source material, and so uh, so yes, it is still officially an adaptation. In fact, the um, the uh, the uh, production team themselves call it an adaptation of the story. But I I see what you're saying about how it's like different, but it is a written down source material they had to adapt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think one of my favorite parts with it is just how Biwa herself is like the audience self insert because she sees like the future of what's going to happen um, mm -hmm. within the story and so a lot of the drama I think that is conveyed through the story is like how how Biwa can't stop it just like how the audience is going to possibly know what's going to happen to a lot of these ancient um, characters at that point I thought that was like a really clever way to kind of tie it all back um, with a different lens yeah, it's really poetic because uh, the the Heike story is technically oral at the beginning, and it was orally told by Biwa, Biwa's or mm -hmm. Biwa players, aka the main character. You know, they they played <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that instrument and they told that story, and so I I really like that little element. I'm like, it's so poetic. I love it in a perfect way to adapt it. And so and, um, and it's like they, you could even like hand wave away if they, if there were like some minor inconsistencies like wait um uh Sh shigamori didn't have this many sons because the other sons weren't mentioned in the story but because right. it's like the oral tradition it's like it kind of has a little way explaining like they they can change a little bit of the things besides like the major story beats yeah just enough to give it enough um plausible deniability that um stuff getting passed down through oral history can have some inaccuracies as it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A really clever show. So is that going to be, is that going to be your vote there, Nick? Are you going to... I'm going to say yes. I, I wasn't going to think about it because, I mean, I love the show. It was, it was like my, one of my favorites this whole year, but I didn't know if it was going to fit into the same definition or not. Because I could talk I could talk so much about, like, the usage of the flowers or, like, all of the different um, art direction that the show went. But as an adaptation, I'm like, yeah, no, that, that actually makes sense because there was a lot of in interesting bits that get thrown in. So what about you, James? You're the only one left. Who who are you voting for? <laughs> oh, geez. I was, this is a bunch of fanfare and putting it off to me until I do the ultimate cop-out of I really don't want to vote because I haven't read the source material for all of these. Uh, are I'm you going to inch away? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, 
and it feels a little awkward, uh, mostly because I've only read like Horimiya and Komi Can't Communicate and Kobayashi and Mushoku Tensei. I've read those. Um, I'm not familiar again with like 86 or Attack on Titan or Fruits Basket or the other ones. Uh, based and and so it's it's very hard to to say this is the best adaptation going off of like just animation, but I mean. The rumblings on the internet say 86 is pretty good. I, I kind of want to cast my hat into the ring for Mushoku Tensei just because okay. it is a very, as, as it's a very good adaptation of all of the source material, including the parts I don't like. <laughs> good job. You made it just, you made it even more unpleasant than when I read it, which shows that you're good at emphasizing emotions. <laughs> well, if you, if you want to like kind of peel it back on the next step is like how much of the genre itself um got influenced by mishoku tensei and then having the animation come out like well after a lot of these other anime productions of um previous isekai yeah um, that is it's like how well does it stack up against the successors or things that were influenced by it itself that's the thing yeah is that mishoku tensei the web novel and then eventually light novel became kind of the inspiration for a bunch of the modern isekai genre which have all had adaptations of varying qualities but then you know the 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 granddaddy of the of the genre comes in gets an adaptation that proceeds to blow all the rest of them out of the water in terms of in terms of like animation and music and all like all the other aspects that we judge anime on really really like kind of kicks it in as kind of my vote of just like it it was it was the first and now it's one of the most recent and it has excelled at both. I can understand that. I mean, like I, all of you guys know, I've had my gripes of jobless reincarnations all for reasons that you guys are aware of. But, you know, looking at it from a clearly just technical aspect of adapting source material, it does a really solid job. And um, and fun fact, the studio was actually created specifically to adapt this novel series because they wanted to do such a good job with it. So you got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah. Good thing that it turned out well too. Could you imagine creating a whole new studio for one show and then it sucked? That would be very tragic and we will not entertain the idea. <laughs> I'll entertain the idea. I think it'd be hilarious. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So it's, anyway, so what's next for us? <laughs> next up is best in animation. So we've got, oh look, 8686 again. Uh, we have Love Live Superstar. We have Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid S. Mushoku Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation. SK8, The Infinity. SSSS, Dinazenon. Takt Up Destiny. Vivi, Florite's Eyes Song. Wonder Egg Priority. And Yuki Yuna is a Hero, The Great Mankai Chapter. I'll go first this time since I went last last time. I really want to say Vivi, but Wonder Egg Priority still has... Oh, God, it's so pretty. Can we give it, like, an award and also, like, an Anatrans equivalent of a Razzie? Like, <laughs> That's so that, sad! Like, you're the best and the worst. That's so sad! <laughs> it's called... It's Greatest Punt. Like, it's like the, the, the conflict. You're just like, I loved you, Wonder Egg. How could you do this to me? I know. Uh, you are the chosen one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking that exactly, James. <laughs> oh, it's, prequel memes are just too good. 
But yeah, I have to say, I think Wonder Egg Priority, as much as as much as it proceeds to just face plant at the very end, it, everything leading up to it is it's so pretty, uh, which is why it's so disappointing, like story wise, that it 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 landed the way it did. Um, but yeah, right, Wonder like Priority the is animation still, still... is very detailed. Is the best way I can put it. It's like the facial expression changes with every single little like second it's it's so they they feel really alive the characters when they do that so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, so mike oh go for it oh i was gonna say this is kind of changing the subject but with the uh facial animation like it almost reminds me of the movie colorful where so much of that movie i loved because of the fact that like every frame there's like slight changes in, in characters expressions so you mm. really like like it, it's it's one of the studio in colorado i think yeah colorado. That, that really went out of their way to like painstakingly animate some of these little small details that usually could just get forgotten and i think wonder egg did that a lot throughout the show that i think added a lot um agreed so Popcorn it. Who you want? Popcorn it. All right, Nick, go. Um, I'm gonna put Dinazion up there. Um, oh dang! I think some classic Tokugatsu uh, animation was pretty sweet. Um, Medi's not here, but he'd probably peace. advocate for this as well. Um, I find that a lot of the sequences in Dinazion were more dynamic and like, like if you look at the difference between like how Gridman started versus Dinazion, I think that like. This, the trigger staff have come a long way on this one that mm. it might not necessarily be best in animation but it's incredibly impressive for me um especially because like working with cg sometimes can be blocky sometimes it can be rough um and sometimes you can use it to your advantage in the medium just like if you're portraying a giant monster it, it makes sense that the fluid's not it's not gonna be as fluid with the movement um so I, I think even the, the difference between Dinazion and, and Gridman is huge too. I think they've come a long way and it's great, great animation. All right, Mark. Okay. Um, I'm probably going to have to hop on Wonder Egg with you on this one. Although I wanted to ask all of you guys a question regarding animation. So I had an interesting conversation back in, I believe, 2018 regarding animation when uh, Violet Evergarden came out. Mm-hmm. And I had an argument with somebody stating that Violet Evergarden isn't beautifully animated. It just has very beautiful animated backgrounds and scenery. So the thing that got me thinking about um, this category is animation for me isn't something like whether the show is pretty or not. It's whether or not like, you know, movement feels nice. It feels natural. um, And the animation style itself is distinct. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it has its own identity. Yeah. So like, for example, like if you like look at Naruto fight scenes, like you can tell who animated certain like fights based on just how it you can see it. Yeah. So based on how I view that, I'd probably say Wonder Egg just because of how blown out blown away I was at pretty much every scene. Yeah, I think I would go with the yeah, like the movement I think is the most important aspect. Mm-hmm. Um and I would even honestly counter argue the the Violet Evergarden. I think Violet Evergarden has a ton of good fluid movements. It's oh just, yeah, I, I agree. Small, ones. I think the most <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Funnily enough, like the most impressive shot for me is always the um, 
the daytime transition scenes where it's like the shot in the harbor as the sun is moving from bright uh to then evening and like the time lapse you get of all the boats moving around like that and how like the amount of work they had to go into like some of these small throwaway scenes like that were just it just blows my mind because like oh yeah it's like you're you're watching these things and you're like how did they even manage to think of this and get it to work um I'm really glad you pointed this out, though, Mark, because I do think there are some confusion between the two, and it especially does not help that when an anime has good animation, they tend to also have really great sceneries and visuals, and so yeah, exactly. that's why they tend to get confused, because an anime tends to have both when they have one of them. Um, I would argue, though, usually it's more, if an anime has good animation, they tend to have good sceneries and visuals rather than if an anime has good sceneries and visuals, they'll have good animation. I don't think it's as interchangeable when you put it in a sentence like that, but this is an issue because they tend to go hand in hand a lot of times together. But I think you did a good job of explaining the difference, at least because that's definitely how I see the difference as, which is the actual movement, the, you know, the facial expressions of the characters, how, um, you know, whether the way that their hair just falls slightly on their face, which Wonder Egg Priority does a really good job of. That's like one of my favorite animation scenes in that, um, in that anime. And, um, and of course, which the ones that more people are, sort of aware of are like the action sequences the fight sequences um Dino xenon as nick has mentioned does a really good job of blending the cgi with the um the 2d animation fight sequences and i think that's what makes it just so beautiful when you're watching it and certainly the sakuga people have um agreed they have written lots and lots of articles and tweets about um about the animation behind Dino xenon um, I know I'm the last person, so I'm just going to go ahead and jump in. Um, I'm actually going to put my coin in uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid S because I was not expecting that level of animation from a comedy slice of life anime that is very sweet and just overall kind of like joyful and cheerful and charming. Uh, but it's it's insane because already this is Kyoto Animation. So Kyoto Animation kind of puts the bar high for themselves in regards to the animation they produce. And um, but I remember Miss Kobayashi Dragon Maid the first season. I didn't think the animation stood out to me at all in that regard. I just thought it had like a charming aesthetic. But this second season kind of like took it a whole peg higher with like the act like there are like very brief and almost funny fight sequences but it's even like the slight fluttering of the skin and the cheek when they are fighting and the way that the eyes like will change between like human to animalistic and it's just like all these tiny minute details of like just movement in Miss Kobayashi Dragon Maid S that it just blew my mind and a lot of times I'm just sitting there breathless like how in the world did they manage to do that for an anime that's slice <laughs> of life comedy which is not an anime you're ever expecting this sort of detailed animation from so so that's why I'm like putting my hat in for Miss Kobayashi Dragon Maid S I also in, in a more sentimental value um putting it in because I think this anime being the return of Kyoto animation is 
it really shows that they are coming back with a punch and they are fighting to sh- to show that you know that what that horrible thing that happened to them is not pushing them back. It's not going to mess up their schedule. Miss Kobayashi Dragon Maid S did not um, largely was able to avoid the big overarching issues of animation industry still, which is the overworking of their people. Um, if you look at their credits, it's just so much smaller in comparison to all the other people's credits, which shows that they have a much more manageable schedule, like they knew what they were doing. And so to be able to have all the ethics in there on top of coming back from a tragedy and creating this beautiful, gorgeous animation of a slice of life anime. Um, I just have to salute to them. So that's where I'm putting my vote. Nice. For the record, because of this conversation that happened four years ago, it was a it was a short, you know, condensed version. But I actually was on the uh, on the side that Violet Evergarden really did have great animation. Just for the record. I just wanted to make that very clear. I just wanted to make that clear. Yeah, that's that was what someone it just offered the perspective of nuance to movement mm-hmm. to me. So I was like, oh okay, that kind I can kind of see where you're coming from. All right. Well, now it's time for our next category, which is character design. Our nominees are Horimiya, Love Live Superstar, Odd Taxi. Shadow's House, SK-8 The Infinity, Tact Op Destiny, The Case Study of Vanitas, The Heike Story, Vivi Florite's Eyes Song, and Wonder Egg Priority. Let's have Nick start this time. Uh, if this is the only category Odd Taxi's nominated in, then I'll say Odd Taxi. But... Odd Taxi's nominated for a few more, don't worry, okay, I checked. Okay, not Odd Taxi, but I do <laughs> like it very much. Um... <laughs> Okay, so Someone's what's your like, pick then? <laughs> oh gosh, um, it's kind of hard because like I don't want to just instinctively say Vivi. Um, I'm actually gonna say probably SK Ato. Okay. Um, I think that that one probably had the, like I think they had the most distinct characters. If not, then I would honestly make the case for Love Life Superstar. I thought that Superstar was like surprising for me because this was like the first time I sat down to watch a Love Life all the way through, and I was genuinely like really entertained um throughout the whole show and i was like dang this is like it's like a whole new world you know like it's almost like when you try like a food you've never tried before and you're like oh this is the uh where where have i been all my where life have you, where have you been all my life yeah a <laughs> little bit like like i'm on that i like i'm not 100 percent like i don't watch idol shows because there's some that I'll, I'll just watch without thinking about it too much or like like in a social environment but then i was like this is like actually i'm like this is enjoyable this is an entire world that i can go into yeah really appreciated it all right gracie what about you oh this is difficult i'm actually between two and i haven't decided yet so i'm gonna mention all right we'll, we'll come back to you we'll come back to you mark um so character design right i'm probably gonna have to say wonder egg priority for this one as well simply because not only are the characters like really interesting in terms of design i think like the personification of all like the the demons and whatnot that like oto fights it's pretty like outright landish and like really pretty cool looking so it's gonna get my pick yeah i'm inclined to agree uh the it, it, it was close um because i do love and this is mostly like inter- more like character designs that interested me uh, because of the kind of fantasy elements that are intact, uh, I kind of like those a little bit. The music art design, I always love those kind of complicated, intricate, 
like let's make a design for something that is more a concept than it is uh like a real thing but you can also attribute that to wonder egg priorities like big bad monster of the weeks but i also really like the just regular day-to-day clothes of the four leads in wonder egg priority i think they say a lot about Mm -hmm. them as characters Mm -hmm. you have you know your test tube baby who dresses in like a plain one piece you have the kind of gyaru character who dresses a little bit more flashy you have oto who wears a hood that she allows that allows her to kind of hide herself from other people and then you have momose who her the way that she dresses compared to the way that she wants to dress is literally part of her character arc and Mm -hmm. and is a deep part of the story and so because you can base so much of the rest of the show and relate it to who they are as characters and people uh, i i have to give it to wonder egg priority i gotta say that talk op's uh character design sick like yeah when i first saw it like the preview like wow all these characters look super cool i really want to see it <laughs> it's 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 it, it's gonna be a mobile game and so it's oh, like, really got that, yeah it's got that like mobile game character oh, design no. it's it's like how people <laughs> look at, at like fake grand order character no. designs and go like oh man that's pretty Please. like you don't even have to know who the character is you just look at a design and go dang that's that's really neat or no. my or my case for fate and moriarty yes. go that's a sexy old man i love that <laughs> i really don't appreciate that you told me this today i don't think it's i don't don't know if it's out yet i'm Um, literally going to spend a lot of money for this jpeg there we go and that just means that there's gonna be more like Mm. more than just the ones in the show there's gonna be a ton more music arts it's gonna be great stop it (laughs) all right gracie we're back to you all right so i've picked um horimiya actually for my favorite character design I think a thing that I really liked about Horimiya that just stood out was how the hairstyles of the characters actually genuinely give them a different image and a different look. So um, so I'm actually not going to talk about Miyamura because, um, because I think that was really obvious. I'm actually more going to talk about Hori. Um, when she is at home and she has her hair up in just like a simple ponytail versus when she's at school when it's like down and more free, I when I especially when I put like pictures of her side by side, I genuinely would have guessed different personalities for the characters, you know, which is Hori at, which the Hori at school version, she seems like the cool girl, you know, like she knows what she's doing and she doesn't really care what anyone else thinks. And she has her group of friends. She's popular and she's cool. And then I see uh, Hori in her um, ponytail and immediately I'm like, oh, that's the responsible one, the one who's reining in people, the one who's checking in if they did their homework or not and stuff like that, which is actually the whole point of Horimiya because it's about how you have different sides of yourself depending on who you interact with. And so and I just thought that the character designs really, really nailed that theme home. Um, obviously, uh, Miyamura has a very obvious one with his glasses and his hair and, like, how when he pulls them up and he has the piercing, he looks completely different and more natural, like, or he, his body language is also more natural and he's more relaxed in the way his shoulders are. And, um, but aside from just Miyamura, I would say even, like, the supporting characters when they're showing, like, um, oh, what's his name? Yamashita, I think? Uh, he's the sort of prankster, the jokester at school. And, like, even his face, like, how they design the way he wears his clothes is is different in the same school uniform. Because at school, that sort of sloppiness is attributed to him being a class clown. He's the one making jokes, and he's the one causing problems. Here's the irresponsible one. 
But then he gets home and his body language changes. And suddenly he's not like the sloppy, like, you know, like he's not the sloppy sort of uh, class clown anymore. But he com- but he becomes that cool character, the which is kind of like flipped between horror with Hori, uh, but he becomes the cool character where the guy who's just like, I will beat up people for you if someone is bad-mouthing you sort of thing. And I think the way that the character designs are really able to nail that home, that theme of the story home, is ultimately what earns my vote in this case. <laughs> You're making me rethink this. Too oh. late, you've already said your piece. Yeah. <laughs> but she's so right. Yeah. She's so right. All right. Next is Best in Original Screenplay. Alrighty. Our nominees are Backflip, Love Live Superstar, Odd Taxi, Selection Project, SK-8 The Infinity, Sunny Boy, Tact Op Destiny, The Aquatope on White Sand, Vivi Florite's Eyes Song, and Wonder Egg Priority. I'm going first, it's Odd Taxi. And you can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> yep. <laughs> are we all in agreement i think, I think so. so that's uh, also uh, my pick <laughs> it's odd taxi as odd odd taxi. taxi why didn't uh, there there are other trends why didn't we get the why wasn't this even top 10 like during the season well because, unfortunately like, no one signed up to really talk about it on our socials either so yeah <laughs> our content creators me included so i'm part of the problem did not sign up so I, I get I get deniability because I was in I was in the woods away from the internet for most of this series when it was airing, so you can't put put this on me for not promoting it. As soon as I got back, it's all I would talk about. But yeah, it's it's a hundred percent odd taxi. We would there I think that there are other very good stories. I enjoyed the the plot of Vivi. Uh the beginning of Wonder Egg Priority was great. The concept of Talk to Op Destiny was also very entertaining, but Odd Taxi was the one that stuck the landing the best. Yeah. So, like, it's it's very hard to to say really any of them, any of the other nominees kind of have I'm gonna give as a good a chance. Out, I guess for Sunny Boy for having kind of the guts to write the most surreal like anime I've seen in like years. Oh yeah, that was a real risk they took. It yeah. was. An incredible risk, and I still don't truly get what I watched, but I loved <laughs> it. It was like the last couple sequences I thought were really pretty. Um, like like I, from, I don't think "pretty" is like the right word because it was like a mesmerizing sequence. It was um, surreal. Yeah, but, I think you used the right word already. It yeah, was surreal. 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 The whole feeling was surreal, and I couldn't get it out of my head whenever I watched the episodes because I was just I would just think about it. Um, a ton odd taxi i i did think about it a lot but it was more in terms of what was tangible like i we could just have like a virtual board of like okay who knows who how are we gonna solve this mystery and so part of the game was can we write what we've seen and what we know and use that to piece together some of the twists and turns that we see coming and for the most part like the whole script in odd taxi is perfect it's completely tight written um everything flows makes perfect sense i have the fun of watching it as a mystery the character um interactions are great um it's got rewatch value too because you now that you, even if you know the ending you now get to look for all the subtle clues that you might have missed the first time That's yeah like true. actually like could just start 2022 off right and just start watching on taxi again because it has that staying power 
Happy New Year. Watch Odd Taxi. I might have to watch Sunny Boy like three more times before I can come back. <laughs> like, this is what I watched. But I still enjoyed it, you know, so like. For me, if, uh, if Wonder Egg Priority had stuck the landing, that would have definitely had my vote. It oh, oh absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hands down. So, and then out if Autopsy isn't involved, I I mean, here's the thing. I enjoyed a lot of the anime on this list. Backflip is really great. I it's very little known, but it's an original anime about a team of gymnastic boys and I know it sounds it does not sound interesting, but it is genuinely good and you can like feel the passion that the team had for this original um original source. I really enjoyed Aquatope. I, um, you know, Vivi's Escape the Infinity. Um, like all of these are great, but I think ultimately when I'm judging for original screenplay, it's about how well they all tie together with the character arcs and how they all loop until the ending. And Odd Taxi just has that down to like a blow. It just, I, it just blows away everything else on the list. Um, especially with Wonder Egg Priority out of the running, so like I think I think it's just the clear choice in this case. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next is sceneries and visuals. Our nominees are Laid Back Camp Season Two, Megalobox Nomad, Mushoku Tensei Jobless Reincarnation, Sunny Boy, Super Cub, Tact Op Destiny, The Aquatope on White Sand, The Case Study of Vanitas, The Heike Story, and Vivi Fluorite's Eyes Song. Mark, why don't you go first? I actually can't go first. I actually haven't seen enough of these shows to be able to give an opinion. All right. But based on your guy, what you guys say, I'll pick one. Okay. Watch. We'll uh, see. <laughs> All right. In that case, Gracie, it's your go. Win me over. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the Heike story. Uh, I just <laughs> I just think the visuals are there's it's just hands down gorgeous. I have made tweets and tweets and tweets compilation <laughs> of the visuals. There are just some shots that just blow my mind. Uh, one of the ones that stuck out to me was, um, and it was so simple too. It was one of the uh, girls dancing as an official performance, and uh, Minamoto, who is an actual uh, historical figure, falls in love with her, which is also historically accurate. He falls in love with a performer, um, and she's known as Lady Shizuka. And essentially, it was that moment where he saw her, and he like it was love at first sight, and. The rose in a like a peach blossom petal petal just gently floats into his cup of sake and it ripples onto his image and the shot just freezes right there. And I'm like, beautiful. <laughs> like there, like you don't have to see like or see anything or hear his thoughts. You just have to see that shot and you know that this guy is in love. And so and that's just one of the shots in the Hey K story. Another one, which is um actually really sad it made me cry uh, but it was just a still shot in that moment where the music just goes silent and it's two characters facing off with each other and one of them is trying to ride off into the water to catch up to the rest of the people who are on boats and the other one is chasing after him and the one that was trying to catch onto the boats is very very young and so he but he gets called to fight as a man and so he turns around his horse and you just see the sunset, almost as if, like, signifying the sunset of his youth in that moment with him in the ocean. And you just see how he's decked out in all this armor and has all these weapons, which is very much big and large and meant for men. 
and he has this young face, this gorgeous, beautiful face, and it just freezes in that moment. And I like, I was crying because I was so emotional about that. And so it's these sort of like visual storytelling in the Heike story that it blew my mind over and over and over again. And so this is my pick for best in sceneries and visuals. <laughs> All right, Nick, what about you? Um. Okay, this is a tough one because I mean I would give it to Heike Story from that um as well. So that that that's up there. Like I'm honestly gonna say top three are between Heike Story, Megalobox, Sunny Boy, and also fourth would in the same bucket would I would still put Vivi up there. Um, we haven't really talked about Megalobox. I think this is like the only category. I think it's the only one that's nominated in, yeah. And I must say that I think that the scenery's really captured the the main theme for the show. So a lot of where you leave off from Megalobox 1 into Megalobox 2 is you kind of see a man who went from going the distance, winning it all, to being basically a lone starving wolf with full of regret and like the idea of how he's hurt everyone who, who he's loved around him. And so there's a lot of isolated shots in it and combining that with the music direction, a lot of the visuals and scenery are almost pulled out of um, like almost like a cowboy movie, like a mix of like a Southwestern cowboy movie where um, you got a lot of the um, Mexican Spanish kind of influence going on with that, with kind of the desert um, visuals, the you got plenty of shots where he's kind of isolated in the whole background or just a really harsh, unforgiving landscape. Um, really enjoyable show. I think really captured that, that feeling throughout the whole, um, the whole show. Um, Sonny boy, I think we talked about it. It's crazy. Um, I can't <laughs> really describe it. I'm going to have to like, I don't know how I'm going to convey this. Watch through. Sunny Boy. That's if the only there, way to like I, I can convey it. I can convey Or at least like this is my conveying of it. If there is one anime out in this list that is distinct in its visuals and art styles, it's Sunny Boy. It is very, very Facts. unique. And it's not something that I've ever seen in another anime before. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, small tangent. Me and James and I, before the podcast, we were out to dinner grabbing curry now we were talking about sunny boy and i was like man this show is super prolific but like you nick i don't know what i watched bro <laughs> it was a really crazy coming of age story that's for was... sure there's a lot of things they're talking about and each like each dimension is like symbolizing some aspect of society in some way and for real like the and i mean the characters too with how the their powers are representative of who they are and like some of the I really like the soundtrack, but we'll get yeah, to that. Love yeah, love the soundtrack. All right, I'm going to throw my throw my vote in, cast my ballot for sceneries and visuals. Uh, I'm going to go with Vivi, and in, in an interesting way of, it feels like they were almost cheating because they will do, like, action scene, and then they'll, like, hang on a frame with some little light effects, and they'll get ultra detailed on it. And it'll just sit there as it's kind of like asking politely for your consideration for best in sceneries and visuals. Can we give you hyper detailed face? Um, which did a combination of sometimes almost throwing me out of the show because it was like very, very, you know, that sudden cut and change in art style. But I won't lie that it's also very pretty. In addition to that, because of the performance aspect in the show, like how much performing and 
making the world smile through songs and performance. The visuals that end up getting attached to kind of the insert song performances are always very pretty to look at. And the wide shots when you zoom out kind of on um, mostly on like the city by the Arayashiki, that big tower, as well as in the, I want to say second arc, uh, space is always pretty. And so if you can, if you can get a good, good framing of that, it also looks very nice kind of on the, the sceneries part and then visuals is the close-ups. Yeah, honestly, like I, I like those close-ups on with Vivi because it was like those kind of little subtle reminders, like, cause it zooms in, it kind of shows her more cold. Yeah. You get the mechanical which... eyes or whatever. You get some reminders that it's like reminder, this is, this is, this is what a lot of the characters are seeing her as. And yeah. it's like, you, you almost kind of forget like, Oh, this is, this is not a human in, in this character. Um, mm-hmm. the designs on the other realm. I mean, I could put Vivi on like, pretty much all of these categories as well. Yeah. Um, especially, I don't want to call it the near automata sequence, <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about with the giant Island, that whole yeah. sequence was so spectacular for, um, we have to, we have to be vague about it. Cause Mark hasn't seen Vivi and I've just convinced him to watch it. So we cannot afford to spoil him. <laughs> I'm going to okay, watch yeah. it. Gonna yeah, watch no, it. watch it. It's, it's like, like I, there's not much to say. Like, I can't really spoil it if I'm just saying, yeah, it's, it's a show stopping. There's an Island. I know now. How it's dare you? You spoiled it. <laughs> it's ruined forever. All right. So what are you picking, Mark, after you've heard all our picks? <laughs> so during, while you guys were talking, I was actually looking in, like, just looking on Google Images at some of the shows and some of their art. And man, the Heike story looks absolutely beautiful. Yes, yes, right? it is. <laughs> uh, the Heike story looks absolutely stunning. I'm probably going to have to fall on that one. Yay! <laughs> All right, now we've got soundtrack. I'm trying to remember how many we have left. We got soundtrack, and then and voice cast, and then it's theme. So we'll see. We can see if we can get through these next two. And if actually, we have time theme for the isn't part of aspects, so we don't have to cover. Oh, it. based. Okay, cool. We will do soundtrack and cast then. So soundtrack. Our nominees are eighty six, eighty six, Attack on Titan final season, Fruits Basket the final season, Love Live Superstar. The Case Study of Vanitas, The Duke of Death and His Maid, Vivi, Florite's Eyes Song, Wonder Egg Priority, Yuki Yuna is a Hero, The Great Mankai Chapter, and Zombieland Saga Revenge. I, I seriously don't know how we can have, like, a tangible discussion on this. This is so close for all of these. Like, <laughs> yeah. like looking at like the composer list of everything, I'm just like, does I... anyone have one that they know for sure they want to win? <laughs> there's one uh, that I want to win. I don't know if it should win, but there's okay. one that I want to win, and okay. that is Zombieland Saga Revenge. Okay, you want Takadashi wow. Saw to have? I lo- um... I want him to win a second best soundtrack award, but also I just love. ZLS like zombie like as and it's the only this is the only one that they got nominated for so I, I have was, no choice I heard but the to stand. Season was quite good actually. It was very good. Yeah. It was very very good. I think I I think it's interesting because the comedy in season one I think maybe laugh more, mm-hmm. but I think season two is looking at the different parts that make up a show a better show. <laughs> interesting. Okay. <laughs> I think I think it's because while it embraces some of the chaos of season one, there's a much better like plot line like through line i see um Mm -hmm. in season two there's that you can kind of tell 
where they're starting and where they're going, as opposed to this kind of nebulous devil may care attitude that season one had. I kind of wonder if that's why it didn't perform as well on our charts, because even though Maybe. I've heard good things about Zombieland Saga, some people don't like it when the atmosphere changes. So if they tone down the chaos and I'm guessing the chaos was a huge plus for a lot of people, that might be why less people paid attention to it. It still, it still had aspects of it, but I think, I think it's all relative. I think it might just still be just as chaotic, but I think they cranked up everything else. They gave it a more structured story. They made a, a better variation in songs and what season two did a lot better than season one is kind of character arcs. Mm -hmm. So there's, for example, the, um, uh, the saga Jihen, like parts one and two, which is like, gives backstory to the lore of the zombies and a little bit to, and it's like a character arc for one particular character. Like, there's a lot more individual character development and that is reflected through the music and through the songs in the, not only in the soundtrack, but also the insert songs. Like both of them are very good. Uh, so yeah, Zombieland Saga Revenge. I want you to win. Do I think you'll win? Probably not just because you're not as popular as everything else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick. I have to pick one. If I have to pick you have one, to pick one. Say, Gun to your head. Vivi, I I have listened to the soundtrack, and I think it's so nice having the soundtrack being so distinct that when you hear a lot of the pieces, you your brain kind of just remembers. Oh, these are these scenes that you're seeing picture where I felt like in Vivi, the scenes really drive the music, and the music ends up driving what you see in the scenes. It has that really nice um, symbiosis that a lot of that, that that I think is is key to a good soundtrack. Um, honorable mention that's not on here because it's finally was able to listen to the Audaxi soundtrack. And you, I love oh it. my god! This is my side yeah. tangent. I no, love I agree with you one hundred percent. Like the the the, the different Yano's theme collab themes that they put into the soundtrack. Where oh, it's so good. Yano just belt it the whole time is like the funniest song ever. It's so yeah. good. Ten out of ten, Odd Taxi. You were robbed by not getting a nomination on here. I'm like, oh my gosh, Solana's on his list twice for 86 <laughs> and Attack on Titan. I yeah. mean, he's just that good. What do you want? He's <laughs> Unstoppable. Oh All right. Gracie, what about you? Um, So I had two, my two picks. One of them is already talked about, so I'll talk about the other one. Um, My second pick was the case study of Vanitas. Uh, the goth music is just glorious. Um, I have, I will at times, because at that moment the album wasn't available, I would just like replay one of the scenes and just close my eyes and not watch the anime because I loved how haunting the music was from the piano to the cello to the violin, especially when it gets creepy and the violin does the very high E sound. Like, oh, it was so good. It was so good. And obviously uh, the composer is Yuki Kaigura, who is a legend in the soundtrack community of composing. So it doesn't surprise me at how well the music is done, but every every bit of goth steampunk sound is in there, and it, it just, like, chills me in the best ways. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Mark, do you have one? Uh, I'm struggling, man. Like, I have four picks, so... Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I have, I, it's crazy, right? So 
I have 86 just because I think the soundtrack's fitting. Um, so, interestingly enough, I, I haven't seen Vivi. But if you can make an argument or if you can say that the music is canonical and very important to the plot of the story, yes, I think yes. that deserves some praise. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, if it's, like, important to know, like, the nuances of the music to understand, like, a scene, like, I think that's worth mentioning. But for me, I think the one I'm most torn about is Yuki Yuna. Um, obviously. Oh, okay. Have you guys seen it? No. No, no. Okay, okay. So I won't spoil it. But you won't get a near feeling, but it's basically Keiichi Okabe pretty much at his best. So, like, it's very dynamic. And, like, he really, he really, really goes in on this. So I definitely recommend it. I did, like, for the music at least. Uh, the show you you do have to watch the previous parts to understand it. Uh, if Wait, you, I really was... that's Keiichi Okabe. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it, that's near. That's this. near. Wow. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> it's, re- <laughs> it's really good. So yeah, I think I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm drop my coin for Yukiuna. Makes All sense. Right. Now for the last one. Uh, We've got Best in Voice Cast, which is Attack on Titan Final Season, Fruits Basket The Final Season, Horimiya, Kageki Shoujo, Komi Can't Communicate, Life Lessons with Uramichi Onisan, <laughs> Mushoku Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation, Odd Taxi, ReZero, Starting Life in Another World, Season 2, Part 2, and Wonder Egg Priority. I'll go first. It's Odd Taxi. <laughs> I'll go second. Uh... Yuki Kaji carried so much of Attack on Titan final season. I mean, honestly, the whole voice cast, but like, I don't know. Odd Taxi's really good too. Like, I want to. I want to say it's Odd Taxi. Even so close. It. It. I. I. I believe you for Attack on Titan. I have not watched a single episode of that show. Oh but my gosh, I believe you. Any, we're never going to sell this then. But I well, mean, honestly, the range of some of the characters with Attack on Titan is nuts. Odd, Odd Taxi is a really good. Odd, um, Odd Taxi really word. carries it for me because I think it is one of the best shows I have seen and it is a show with basically no action where almost the entirety of the show is people like the, the main part of the show is people talking while driving in a taxi cab and if you can make a show that I think is one of the be- the best of the entire year out of people sitting and talking you have to have an amazing script an amazing soundtrack to match the conversations, and most of all, a fantastic cast. Because if you have voices I don't like to listen to in a show that's all about talking, then I'm not going to watch your show. Hmm. That's 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 me getting super passionate about it. Also, the entire reason I watched Odd Taxi was I watched one scene from the Crunchyroll collection that was yet again <laughs> another conversation. <laughs> and uh, Riho Ida... I love you. Don't listen to this podcast because you'll hear me. Your performance, your performance is the reason why I watch this show, and I do not regret it for a second. Okay, the rest of you can kind of say your. <laughs> okay, um, Mark, do you okay. want to go or sure? Okay, I can go. Um, surprisingly enough, I'm actually going to say Horimiya. Um, okay, simply because I think if we're talking about voice actresses, I think. Uh, Haruka Tomatsu, Tomatsu Haruka. Uh, if you can play multiple heroines or main females who 
can fall in love with somebody and make me forget that you were ever somebody else to begin with, like make me forget that you were Asuna, you're doing something right, you know? Like she has a very like distinct voice, but to convince me that you're a completely different person, despite my attachment to other characters that she plays, you get my vote. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Gracie, how about you? So this one won't be a surprise, but my pick for voice cast is without a doubt Fruits Basket, and I have no hesitation in this regard. It's been a journey for me because I actually got to listen to Monica Iwami, who plays Toru, change and improve. Uh, her first season performance, I actually thought was really lacking, especially compared to Laura Bailey, because she just sounded so much more flat in comparison to um, what I am used to hearing in the English dub. But then as the second season happened, she was improving. And then the third season came out and, oh my gosh, she brought her entire acting chops to the table. It's Toru is not an easy character to play because she's always very sweet and she's always very empathetic. And so she's usually more soft-spoken in the way she talks. But when she's fighting and when she's arguing she's not doing the whole shonen sort of passion screening because that's not Tori as a character her passion is a lot more sympathetic in the way that it reaches to you and so to try to balance that with actual shouting I think is extraordinarily hard and Iwami-san just like nails it in that scene she absolutely nails it and it's not just that because another thing that I've become more aware of in uh, voice acting is and this is thanks to my roommate who is a Japanese American and she is fluent in Japanese in fact she helps us with a lot of our Japanese stuff and so something that she told me about that's always stuck with me is that actually the shouting scenes are the easier ones to do and so and she's like think about it it's easier to shout on stage but to try to portray quiet emotional moments are the ones that are genuinely hard and at least this is this is um her criteria when she is nominating seiyu so for people who have been wondering who nominates the seiyu it is a fluent japanese speaker japanese american who does and it's her secret faceless weapon because i don't think she's ever been seen or heard on any <laughs> no and she does not want to be seen or heard on, so good i always offer i'm like do you want to meet the group and she's like no so, i'm a little hurt but all right <laughs> uh, but basically uh what happened is um the basically ever since she told me about that in regards to looking at japanese voice acting that is what i pay attention to now and fruits basket has that in loads uh kyo soma who's played by yuma uchida he's the more loud character because he has a tendency to pick fights with people he's angsty he has issues and sometimes teenagers when they have issues they tend to lash out but his most emotional scenes in that on that flip side is actually really quiet he goes very very soft and he doesn't talk loudly and he has very little words he does not like talking he's an introvert and so and so the most emotional scene for him is he just says two words which is wait he's just like wait wait and those two words made me feel everything in that moment for Yuma Uchida and for Kyosoma as a character and so like and that's just another scene and every single cast on here listed whether it's Nobunaga, uh, Nobunaga Shimazaki for Yuki Soma or um or uh, Nakamura Yuichi for Shigure or there's even like minor characters who had insane scenes there's um uh, Kyo's father is a very very minor character I don't even know who voice acts him but that one scene that he shows up where he throws all his venom and abuse at Kyo blaming him for all his problems I like 
felt that in my body and it was it was just insane and I really and I went in not expecting feeling much because I'm like this is a minor character like you know I thought I would feel more from Kyo but instead it was the father's like it was the father's that that hatred and anger like I was feeling scared like I was the one who was getting berated because of how good the seiyu embodied an abusive father in that moment and so for that reason, Fruits Basket is hands down my vote for best in voice cast. <laughs> All right, Nick, how about you? Uh, I'm still say Attack on Titan final season. I mean, the main thing with uh, Yuki Kaji, um, like Gracie said earlier about how it's easy to shout, which he had done many times, many, many, season, many but, times. <laughs> uh, his quiet range is really scary, and I think that that sort of feeling where all of the air just goes out of the room when he's when his character is there with that performance, um, I thought was really chilling. Um, I think a lot of the the rest of the voice cast has a really good set. Like some characters have have really good moments. Like with th- those, I think were more on the emotional shouting side with this season. Um, What's interesting, I guess, with with final season compared to, like, I guess the rest of the show is that this one I felt like had the least amount of pure action. Um, It just was like a couple really big emotional buildups to the the key moments that um, you didn't really see in the other seasons so far. And um, my only last closing thought is like there's a lot of people speculating on how the last couple... um, episodes are going to turn out based on what we saw in this first core like what this next core that is going to be is something that's going to be incredibly exciting all right mark do you have one for me oh right i asked you sorry my brain yeah, is their dynamics really good yeah i forgot one other reason why i like odd taxi it's because i'm a hopeless simp um <laughs> not uh in 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 honor of in honor of medi uh part of the reason why i like another reason I got into Odd Taxi is because two of the the seiyu in the show are voice actresses from Shoujo Kageki Review Starlight, which would be uh, Moika Koizumi and Suzuko Mimori. Oh, nice! Uh, fantastic! Like they were not the stars of the show, but I love them, so I have no choice but to. Uh, I know that kind of undermines my overall argument of just I'm picking based on who the who the the actors are, but. Uh, they it's always because they played the literal idols. They the yeah, they play literal idols. Yeah. So jokes um, you, James. <laughs> I am I am a clown. I would honk my rubber nose, but I left it in my other pockets. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that just about wraps it up. That's all. I'm surprised we got through all of them in the the relatively timely manner that we did, uh, because I know previous to us recording, we always have great debates on it and during the actual nomination process there's a huge massive phone call uh where we all have to kind of enter the pit and and fight on behalf of our (laughs) on behalf of our favorite shows uh i would like to think that i am part of the reason why odd taxi got nominated for as many things as it did i hope it wins all the things good job odd taxi uh does anybody else have any other closing comments uh, please vote, please vote. It makes it really exciting for us because we do not know who the winners are going to be. I will continue to, you know, repeat this statement until the end of my days, quite literally. We do not know who's going to win. We do not get a say in who gets the win. So please do so. And it makes it more entertaining for all of us that way. 
Yes, vote. Uh, I'll have the link in the podcast description. I'm going to put it on the Twitter. Uh, if you agree with us, make sure that our nominees win. And if you think that we're wrong, prove it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Any other closing comments, concerns, well wishes? Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, yeah. Happy New Watch Year. Watch Odd Taxi. <laughs> nice. All righty. Well, uh, I think that's all for this particular episode. We'll see you in the next one. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.